May 19th, 2022. This morning's class is donated by James and Rishi Haddad in honor of the upcoming marriage of their daughter Esther Lee to Mr. Isaac Sayed. It's donated as well by Sarah and Nathan Cohen in honor of their new baby girl. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Samechtet Amudbet. And if you count from the top of the page, it's seven lines down, three words before the end of the line. Says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanan a Beraita, Beraita, which talks about something a little bit disturbing. Hamisulelet Bibna Katan. Uh, the Beraita talks about a circumstance where a woman is exposing herself and playing with her young child. And as he's, uh, he and she are doing so, he's That word comes up in halakhic uh, discussions in the Gemara from time to time. There's always a debate about exactly what is. The Gemara will, in fact, later in this Pedic, Record that mahloket. It's a mahloket between emoraim, or the ha'ara'a, loosely translated as uh, penetration. It means uh, that there's just what's called nishikat ever. Nishikat ever means that uh, one ever of the male touches the the uh, organ of the private part of a woman. That's one opinion as to how to define ha'ara'a. Or alternatively, ha'ara'a means there's hachnasat atara, means there's an entrance, there's some sort of actual penetration. Either way you slice it, we're not talking about insemination. We're talking about this initial stage, which is known as ha'ara'a. All right, well, that all being the case, why are we discussing this? We're not talking about insemination. We're talking about the status in turn of this woman. So again, here's a woman who's inappropriately playing with her child, and there's this ha'ara'a. Katan, it's a young child, that much we know. We'll find that out in a moment. Says the Beraita, Bet Shamay Omrim, Paselah Min Hakehuna, Ubetilel Makshirim. There's a mahloka between Bet Shamay and Betilel as to the status of this woman under these circumstances. According to Bet Shamay, there's a pisul, there's an invalidation of this woman to the Kehuna, which means to say if she becomes. Uh, and almana, if she becomes a widow, she can't now marry a kohen. But why not? A widow's allowed to marry, maybe not a kohen gadol, but allowed to marry the kohen. This woman's considered pesudala kehuna. We consider it as relations, so to speak, but halakhically speaking, not so to speak, um, with her with her son. Now, keep in mind, there is no insemination, so we won't per se go to that extent, but we're considering it a ma'asebiyah. We're considering it a ma'asebiyah to be posel her min ha-kehuna. If she's married to Kohen, she's going to stop eating, she's going to be forced to stop eating terumah. Betilel, alternatively, are machshirin. Betilel's claim is... This is not considered a ma'asebiyah, it's a katan. It's not consider, considered a halachic act of uh, bi'ah. That's the mahluka between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel over here. Says so the Gemara, well, what, let's try to define the age at which we're dealing with. Uh, Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel are talking ostensibly about a katan. At which age does everyone agree? That's considered a ma'asebiyah, which in turn will invalidate her. At which age does everyone agree? It's not a ma'asebiyah. And in turn, at what age? Are they disagreeing? Amar bihya bere de rabba bar nahmeni, Amar of Hasta, Amreda, Amar of Hasta, Amar Ziri, Hakol Modim, both Betilel and even Bet Sham, excuse me, both Bet Shamai and even Betilel agree, the Bentesha Shanim, the Yomehad, Shabiatobia. At the age of nine, this child, for the intents and purposes of ma'asebiyah, is considered an adult. Now, he's not an adult per se, but we consider it an act of biyah from the age of nine. 
alternatively, Miben Shemona, if it's the age of eight and below, She'en Biato everybody, even Becham, I would agree, that's not considered a Ma'ase What we figured out now, the age period during which they're disagreeing. Lo Nechleku Ela, the Mahlok between Becham and Betilel is, the question is at the age of eight. Now he hasn't really validated this. He hasn't proven this claim, but that's what the claim here of this emora, regardless of who it is exactly in the Gemara, is, is, is putting forth. It's that Bechama and Betilel agree over the age of nine, below the age of eight, nothing, not considered a ma'asebiya, of course inappropriate, but no, uh, no punishment as a result. The question is from the age of eight until the age of nine. Uh, well, what's the mahlukit predicated on? Uh, upon what, what are we dealing with? I mean, it's a nice claim to give me these time periods and ages. Uh, what's the uh, depth of this mahlukit? The Bechamai savre gamrinan midorot harishonim. Ubetilel savre la gamrinan midorot harishonim. Says the Gemara, the mahlukit at its core is built upon the foundations of Dorot HaRishonim. Dorot HaRishonim means the earlier generations. What the Gemara over the course of the next, I don't know, 40, 50 lines or so will attempt to do is to prove from Pesukim in Tanakh that in earlier generations, men, women, were able to have children at the age, between the age of eight and nine. And that being the case, says Beit although today, Men, young men and young women, children, are not able to have children at that age, but we, we, we model the halakha based on what once was. The fact that they were once able to have children at that age means the Torah qualifies this act as a ma'asebi'ah, but they're not having children, and they can't have children. Shetesa'arot will be older, at which point we'll certainly say it's a ma'asebiyah. There's no question. Over here, our question is prior to that, we when we know. That at that point, up until that point, we couldn't. We still will hold and maintain the Gemara, and the Hidushe Haran points this out very carefully in this context. He says, as we bring proofs from Dorot HaRishonim, we are not attempting to skew the biological reality. Uh, no point claiming that today, according to Beit Shammai, from the age of eight to nine, it's like Dorot HaRishonim. The question is, since if we can prove in the earlier generations from the age of eight through nine they had children, maybe that's the halachic qualification. The Torah says, this is the age of Ma'asebiyah, but the biology changed, but you're no longer able to produce children from that, that doesn't matter. But that age is the qualified age for this matter. So again, that's the mahlok at Betilel and Bet Shammai. The question is whether gamrinan, milashon gemara, to learn, whether we learn and derive this law from dorot harishonim, from the earlier generations or not. That is the issue. Nothing more and nothing less. And as I said, the rest of the amu down to the very bottom line is going to be dealing with this. Can we sufficiently prove from Pesukim and Torah, Nevi'im, Ketubim, are we able to prove that in Dorot HaRishonim, from the age of eight through nine, children were able to be produced by children, for lack of a better description. Now, that will have no bearing per se on the Mahlokit as described right now, 
but it's the building blocks. You can only argue that the reasoning of Beit is from the age to eight of not, eight, from eight through nine, it's considered Ma'asebiyah, if you can in turn earlier argue that that's the way Dorot HaRishonim worked. Now we seem to be working with some sort of tradition. That's just the way it was for Dorot HaRishonim. Says the Gemara, Dorot HaRishonim, Minalan Deolid. In the first wide line, the Dorot HaRishonim, these earlier generations, prior to our time, say the Emoraim, how do we know that they were able to have children from that age? I repeat, they are in no way arguing or claiming that in their time it's possible in a natural way to have children at that age. They're nonetheless arguing that Beit Shammai would say we model our system after what once was. Well, what's our proof that that's what once was? Ilema, perhaps you'll say, and anytime you start a sentence with Ilema, perhaps you'll say, you understand, we're going to somehow reject this proof. In fact, as well, they have 50 lines I have, makes you understand we're going to reject this proof. Midichtiv, perhaps it's from the following context. Perhaps we have to pay attention to the birth of Shilomo, of course, the subsequent king, Shilomo, and uh, many of the details that surrounded paying careful attention to years. Well, the Pasuk says, Halo zot, Bat Sheva, Bat Eli'am, Eshet Uriah Hachiti. So there's a description here of Bat Sheva. Of course, Bat Sheva is the woman with whom David has relations. And Bat Sheva is the daughter of Eli'am, that's her father's name, and her grandfather, she's the, the wife of Uriah Hachiti. All right, that much we know about her. So Bat Sheva is second is one generation after Eliam Uchtiv, and then another pasuk describes to us Eliam ben Ahitofel Hagilioni. It means the father of Eliam is Ahitofel. What do we call that? We call that grandfather of Bathsheba. Uchtiv, and furthermore, the pasuk says Vayishlach biad Natan Hanavi Vayikray Shemo Yedidya. Ba'avur Hashem, the Pasuk says that the name of this child, we call him Shilomo, was known at one point as Yedidya. Okay, Uchtiv, Vahilishnataim Yamim. It was two years later. So, okay, so now we're dealing with the birth of Yedidya, we're going to call him from Bathsheba. And we're dealing with two years later. Two years later, Vayihyu Gozezim Le'avshalom. Uh, they would oftentimes make parties and celebrations at the time that you sheared uh, from your cattle and you were able to bring forth wool. Uchtiv, so we're dealing with two years later, this uh, the celebration. Uchtiv avshalom barach, vayelech geshura, vayhisham shaloshanim. Okay, so now this two years later, I left out the detail what took place then, not per se relevant to us. Say it again. In the kid is five years old. Indeed, it means that the three years later, the kid is five years old. However, prior to Shilomo being five years old, what took place two years later? Just Lema'an Ha'emit. That's when Amnon is killed by Avshalom. Avshalom kills his half-brother Amnon because he's so disgusted by what Amnon does to, uh, to Tamar, to his sister in turn. He, he rapes her in a terrible story. Anyway, see so here what we have is, uh, again, two years later, that's uh, Avshalom's act to Amnon. Avshalom then realizes he needs to run away. He gets out of the way. He, he's there for three years. It means this child, this uh, Shilomo, two plus three is, he's five years old at this point. All right, we have another two years here, which means we bring the grand total of the life of Shilomo up to seven. 
Okay. Now, what you need to realize during this time period is that Avshalom is gaining momentum in his ultimate rebellion against David. And as he does so, again against his father, as he's doing so, he turns to different people to aid him in that rebellion. One of them's name was none other than the grandpa we were referring to earlier. His name was Ahitophel. Now, Ahitophel was imbued with a lot of important characteristics. The Hachamim, the Pesukim, seem to be talking, talk, seem to tell us about him. He was a person who was able to see a lot. He perhaps had Ruach HaKodesh. He had a lot of insight. He gets involved in the wrong matters. He gives the wrong suggestions. The Hachamim oftentimes and the Pesukim hint at this, but see him as too self-centered to be able to be effective in the scheme of things. And he gets involved, however, Avshalom, in his rebellion against David, although he is, generally speaking, following the advice of Ahitophel, at a certain juncture, he veers from Ahitophel's suggestion. Ahitophel realized that his suggestion was in there, that this rebellion which was staged against David is not going to be successful, ultimately speaking, as we'll read in a moment, takes his own life and has a way of committing suicide. That's important details for this storyline as well. So it was 40 years, it was the end of 40 years, 40 years from what? Happens to be it's 40 years from the establishment of monarchy by Israel. The rebellion of Avshalom, it's a, it's a terrible thought to, to ponder. Rebellion of Avshalom against his father is attributed to the year 40 from the establishment of Malchut. It means we're not all that excited about the establishment of Malchut, which of course is a general debate. Are we happy that Am Yisrael ever established a kingship or not? Shemuel was very important. But starting from Shaul, the very establishment of kingship from Shaul by the hands of Shemuel, about whom... Shemuel is not very excited, not very excited about kingship. Shaul might be the right person. We were never too excited. We'll look at the Pazuk. You see what happens when you get involved too much with the monarchy, so to speak. So Avshalom turns to his father David and says to him, I'm going to go. Of course, he's surreptitiously, in a secretive fashion, staging a rebellion. But he says to his father, I have to go fulfill my promises, my korbanot, I'm going to go to Hebron to sacrifice. That's what I described to you, Avshalom, while realizing at the moment that he realizes that his will is not being fulfilled, that the direction in this rebellion is not being followed directly based on his instructions, goes and he takes himself out of it by being strangulated, by committing suicide. Okay, that all being the case, what's the bearing for us? Again, we have to have some details in mind. The details in mind are that... They can give birth at eight, eight years old. That's right. We're not even not even up to the punchline yet, but that's the direction. All these details and all these years is to get to that. We're going to do this a few oh, times over. What's that? It, it won't prove Bet Shammai per se. It'll explain Bet Shammai. Because we don't even know that Bet Shammai says eight years. That was the suggestion of the Emoraim, that the debate, the discussion is about eight years old. We don't know. Bet Shammai just told us, say, Katan. We didn't know. So eight years is the suggestion because we're modeling it after Doro Tarishonim. It's an assumption, an assumption. But so it goes. Says the Gemara. Okay, so again, so those are the details we have in place. Shilomo is ostensibly seven years old. We'll call him Yedidya. is seven years old at the time of the death of Ahitophel. And Ahitophel is again 
the great-grandfather of Shilomo. There's a few generations before him. It's Ahitophel, who has Eliam, who in turn has Bathsheba, who then has Shilomo Uchtif. And the Pasuk says that David, this is a Pasuk in Tehillim, is it not? The Pasuk in Tehillim describes how David says about the terrible people in life, Anshe Damimu Mirma, those who are uh, the people of blood, who, who, who go after other people's blood, they're of trickery, of the wrongful people, the Reshaim, lo yechesu yemehim. They shouldn't even have half a lifespan. Now we know the Pasuk as well, in Tehillim says, will be our standard years of life, which means 70. If you don't even get to half of 70, it means you're going to die below the age of 35. Okay, and indeed, says the Beraita, in explaining this Pasuk, another problematic character in the rebellion. Enan ela shiloshim ve'arba. Doeg died below the age of 35. He died at 34, according to tradition. Ve'shelachitofel, here's the key line for us, the last in our, in our issues over here. Enan ela shiloshim ve'shalosh. So according to tradition, Achitofel dying before half of 70, which would be 35, dies at the age of 33. Now, how fascinating. At the death of Ahitophel, when he's 33, David, excuse me, Shilomo is 7. 33 minus 7 will bring forth 26. Now, we have to now figure 26 years old at the birth of Shilomo is Ahitophel. Keep in mind as well, Ahitophel is beyond the grandfather. He's a great-grandfather. He has Eliam, who in turn has Bathsheba, who in turn has Shilomo. Keep that in mind. Says the Gemara, Kama Havyalehu, how old was Ahitophel at his death? Taltin Vitalat, 23. Dal Sheva, subtract 7. Dal, take away. I said, said something else? 33. Good, 33. Dal, as I said, before we put on, uh, before the class, I will get jammed up here, so warning. Anyway, Dal, I remember, Asharon, you might remember Charlie, the, the last Gemara, the first Perik Masechim Megillah, the circles I went in over there in determining the years of Yaakov, and I remember the class was just laughing by the end. Anyway, Dal Sheva, subtract seven from 33, for to get to the birth of Shilomo, Pashlehu, your remaining is Isrim Veshit, that's 26, so far so good. Subtract from 26. Again, we want to get to a certain number. You'll see how we're, how we're getting there. Tarteshane. Why are you subtracting two years from 26? Because litlata ibure. Talte, three. I said two this time again? I'm sorry. Talte, take away three years. Um, why are you taking away three years? Because of the three birth... No, tarte. Tarte is two. Talat. Talat is three. Tarte is two. So we're dealing now with... I'll, I'll tell you in a second. The year 20, 24 years old. I gotcha. I, 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 I know. I, you know. I'm, I'm, I got it. I think until I don't. But um, anyway, for three births, talta ibure means three births. Why three births? Well, keep in mind, Achitofel has Eliam. The child does not just come immediately, as the Gemara told us. Maybe Cain and Hevel came. No, it takes takes time. Takes at least seven months of pregnancy, and then another month with no relations because of nida, because of the menstrual uh, uh, period. So at least eight months in between children. So we have from Ahitofel to Eliam eight months, from Eliam to Bacheva eight months, from Bacheva to Yedidya eight more months. Eight so times. Going backwards, how did you figure out that you had a child at twenty? 
At the very, we're gonna we're gonna go the, the we're gonna go the bare minimum over yeah, here. Every one of them has eight months. That's three births. Stand there one second, one second. You're, you're ahead. You're a few lines in the Gemara. Eight months for each one of these pregnancies. We might even do it nine months. Let's do eight months. That's the bare minimum over here. It's eight times three for three births. It's Ahitovil's, the great grandfather's three births subsequently. 24 months. 24 months is two years. We got two years. We're taking 26 years old, which is the age we put Ahitovil at at the birth of Shilomo. We're subtracting two years from that because we're trying to bring it backwards to the time at which we're trying to subtract those years from the equation as well. Ishtakah, we can now suggest that if I work this all out, the kol had vehad betimne olid. I have three generations, and in these three generations, you're bringing forth a child at each time. How are you fitting in three generations to 24 years of the life of Ahitophel, if not for the fact that he gives birth at the age of eight and has a child, and his, do- his son in turn has a child at the age of eight, and in turn afterwards, Batsheva has a child at the age of eight. Eight plus eight plus eight brings me to 24. It means Dorot HaRishonim had children at the age of eight. Says the Gemara, wait a second. Are you so certain about those calculations? Mimai, maybe Dilma Tarvayu Betesha Olid. Maybe Ahitofil really had a child at nine years old. Elian had a child at nine years old as well. That won't help me all that much because now I have 18. There's six more years to work out. You're going to tell me Batsheva had a child at six years old? Ubatsheva olida beshit. Maybe Batsheva had a child at six years old. That's unprecedented. Until now you would tell me the youngest Dorot Rishonim had children at was eight years old, six years old. Mishum diiteta because a woman, Bari, has a certain health. In other words, this was the disproof of this suggested ra'ayah. <laughs> Women can give birth earlier. Yeah. Women have a strength of body, the suggestion is, to be able to conceive of children prior to men. Men can help the birth from the age of eight in Dorot Arishonim. Women in Dorot Arishonim, even from six, which means to say the, the magic number of eight, which we were striving for, you have knocked out. You haven't been able to prove it sufficiently. At the very least, you were able to come up with nine. Nine won't help our discussion because we were suggesting that eight is that magic number upon which Beit and Beit disagreed. How do you know that women have the ability to conceive of children in Dorot HaRishonim prior to even eight years old? Teda, you should know. You should know that Batsheva had an initial child. What do you mean she had an initial child? That's right, the Pesukim describe it. She cites it, how there was a first child who dies prior to the birth of Shilomo. Which means to say, even if you're to slice these numbers as eight, eight, and eight, in terms of Ahitofel, Eliam, and Batsheva, each having a child at eight years old, the last one, Batsheva, her initial child before Shilomo had to be before eight years old. Once you're willing to do that, so you've skewed all our numbers, you're not able to sufficiently prove that from the age of eight. That's right. And as a result, since we're suggesting a woman could have children before the age of eight, 
we now can't prove from these Pesukim that men from the age of eight, they might have to be older, says the Gemara, right? So you haven't been able to prove it from there. Again, the whole context, everything we're going to be talking about in the next many lines is just trying to prove from Pesukim and Tanakh that in Dorot Harishonim, quote unquote, there were children from the age of eight from the men. Rather, perhaps we can prove it from the life of Sarah and Abraham. The Pasuk says that the father of Abraham, his name was Terah, has three children. Ostensibly, Abraham is the oldest. Why? He's the first listed in the Pasuk. Next is Nahor, next is Haran. Ve'Avraham, and the suggestion here of the Gemara, this is not in the Pesukim, Gadol Minahor, Shana, Ve'Nahor, Gadol Meharan, Shana. Says the Gemara, it stands to reason that at the very least, Abraham is about a year older than his brother beneath him, and his brother beneath him is a year older than him. So it goes, Abraham is a year old. When he's two years old, Nahor is born. And when he's three years old, excuse me, when he's one year old, it, it won't change anything. For, for, for ease, we'll say a year. You want to say nine months, it'll just make it more complicated with the calculations, but it works out the exact same way. It's, it's for ease. That's, that's the way you do it over here. So again, so at the age of um, one, Nahor is born. At the age of two, Haran is born. At the very least, again, it could be a little bit less, but making a little bit less will only push the, the years earlier. Uh, pushing the years earlier will only help our cause over here. Nimtza, Avraham gadol shetei meharan. If we read the pasuk literally, that this is the order of children, it means Avraham is two years older than Haran. Okay, so far so good. Uchtiv, and then the pasuk says, Veikach Avraham v'nachor lahem nashim. Okay, so this is an important, we need to read the continuation of this pasuk. Avraham and Nahor have ch- uh, uh, get married. What's the name of Avraham's wife? Shem eshet Avraham, Sarah. Now, this wife of Nahor is Milka Batharan Avi Milka Avi Yiska. Haran, it appears, is the father of Yiska. Yiska, we're going to suggest, is identical to Sarah. Well, that being the case, it means Avram gets married to Sarai, who is the daughter of his youngest brother named Haran. Yes, we all understand. This is the Midrash and the Gemara. We've talked about this Midrash, you and I, Morris. We have to accept the Midrash for what it's doing in this moment in order to determine this issue. So anyway, says the Gemara again, Avram is married to his niece, according to their understanding, that Yiska is identical to Sarai, who in turn gets married. Okay. How do you know that Yiska is Sarah? We have a tradition of some sort that the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak is Yiska, who's mentioned as the daughter of Haran is really Sarah. Why was she known as Yiska? For one of two reasons. The word Yiska, uh, to be Soche, means to see. Either because she had Ruach HaKodesh in her sight. Alternatively, the Gemara will say, because everyone looked at her because she was so beautiful. Uh, either because Yiska, She Socha Beruach HaKodesh. The Pasuk says that when Avram is uncertain what to do with Hagar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, listen to Sarah about everything. Why listen to Sarah about everything? Because she has Ruach HaKodesh. She'll be able to direct you. She sees what you perhaps don't see. That's Yiska. Alternatively, the reason she was known as Yiska is Shakos Sachim 
everyone would look at her beauty, which of course we know when Avram enters into Egypt, he says to her, Okay, that all being the case, we've established the niece of Avram seems to be his wife, This pasuk has Avram exclaiming, if you read the whole pasuk, he says, I'm 100 years old and my wife is 90 years old, and I'm going to have a child. Of course, he's, he's, he's elated, he's overwhelmed, but that's the reality for him in this moment. It means, kashish Avraham how much older, kashish means older, is Avraham from, Avraham from then Sarah, Eser Shanim. Okay, well, we've now established something else. It means Avraham is 10 years older than Sarai. So when Sarai is one year old, Avraham is 10 years old. All right, well, what's that? 11 years old. Excuse me. Okay. Vekashish me'avuha, and Avraham is older than the father of Sarai. How many years? We said this a few minutes ago. Two years. So we're going to subtract that from him. Tartin shenin. Ishtekach. It appears that, no, it's... it's uh, you said it's, one, not zero. Oh, zero. That's why. Okay, that's why I spoke wrongly. Zero. When, when she's zero, Avram is ten. That's how I got jammed up. Told you I was going to do this. Okay, anyway. So Avram is ten years older than Sarai. And Sarai's father is two years younger than Avram. Which means that at the birth of Sarai, how old is Avram? Eight. Okay, says the Gemara. Excuse me, how, how old is her father? Is Haran? Eight, yes. In Ishtekah, it emerges then, Ki Olada Haran Lesara, when Haran, the brother of Avram, whom we're assuming is two years at the very least younger than Avram, he is Betamne Olida. He is eight years old. Why is he eight years old? He's two years younger than Avraham, and Sarah, his daughter, is ten years younger. So that's the, that's the proof, says the Gemara. You see? Haran was eight years old when he gives birth to Yiskah, who is Sarah. Says the Gemara Mimai, you can't prove it sufficiently from here. Dilma, maybe Avraham Zutad Ahua Ahava. Maybe Avraham was actually the youngest or younger than Haran. What are you talking about? The Pasuk said, Avraham, Nahor, and Haran. That's listing them in order of not age, but of knowledge, of stature. Sometimes the Torah will do that. The reason the Pasuk puts them in that order is to speak about their greatness in knowledge, of intellect, of connectedness. That's why Avraham is put first. Not because he's older, which will skew all your numbers. Which means that Haran might be, even if Yiska is Sarah, will be older at the birth of Sarah. Teda, I'll bring you a proof, says the Gemara, in terms of disproving, suggesting that the age order is not what's being mentioned chronologically in the Pasuk, but rather chokhmah, stature, I'll prove to you that the Pasuk will establish, will determine an order based on chokhmah, dichtiv, from an altogether different proof. So now we have a side proof on a disproof. What's this side proof? We're going to prove from the sons of Noah that when they're mentioned in the Pasuk, they're not being mentioned based on age, but rather based on knowledge, based on stature, and that in turn will throw off of this proof as well. Dichtiv after all, Pasuk says, Vahi Noach ben Hamesh meot shana, Vayoled Noach et Shem, et Ham, ve'et Yafet. So Noach is 500 years old, and he has three children. The first of the children mentioned is Shem. In turn, if we're to read it the way we imagined earlier, it means Shem is the oldest. When the last son, Yefet, is born, he would be, Shem would be? 
two years old, yes? Shem Gadol Meham, excuse me, Shem then is, a, is older than Ham Shana, a year. The Ham Gadol Miyefet Shana. Ham would be older than Yefet a year as well. Nimsa, Shem Gadol Miyefet Shete Shanim means Shem, if he's the oldest, is at least two years, call 24 months, call it, you know, uh, excuse me, eight, uh, uh, call 24 months, older than uh, Yefet. Okay, so far so good. What are you proving? Uchtiv, and then the Pasuk says, Venoach ben Sheshmeot Shana, Noach was 600 years old, Vehamabul hayamayim, Al Haaretz, and there was this Mabul on the land. So a hundred years later, there's the Mabul Uchtiv, and then it says after the Mabul Ele Toledot Shem. This is the descendants of Shem. This is right after the flood. How old would Shem be after the flood? Again, if he was born at 500 of Noah and 600 now, Shem ben Meat Shana Vayolet Etar Pachshad Shenatayim Achar Hamabul ben Meat Shana. Question mark. If we're dealing with two years after the Mabul, two years after the Mabul, the math will now throw us off because Shem, if he was born first, two years after the Mabul, if he was born at the age of 500 of Noah, and Noah is 600 at the time of the Mabul, and I'm dealing with two years afterwards, Shem should be 102 years old. But the Pasuk says that Shem is 100 years old. How are you going to work out that math? Unless... And you can argue that Noah was 599 and Torah rounded up, which goes to 600 to flood last year. You certainly could. The, you certainly could. The Gemara will not. You could. The Gemara will not. The Gemara is take. I, I I hear you. Alternative approach. The Gemara is very little in terms of the years. Over here, over here. There are claims of uh, of parshanim, uh, traditional parshanim along those lines in different circumstances with regards to years. But you won't find it over here. Ela, rather, instead. Rather, you'll argue that Shem is the youngest of the brothers, which in turn means he's born at the very least at the age of 502 of Noah, and as a result, 100 years later, he's going to be, uh, when, when, uh, when we're determining his years, he's only then 100 years old. What's that? Listed by Chokmah. That's why Shem is first. Okay, but the, all right, but the first is the most of the hachamim, and that's Shem, certainly. I, I understand your question, just to say it clearly. Uh, Teddy says, is Ham, who certainly does not appear to be second in line based on his actions at the end of Parashat Noah, uh, is, is second in Chokmah, if it's Shem, Ham, Ve'efet, is he really going to be second? Maybe at that juncture he was second? But you wouldn't think so. We're talking after the fact. Okay, but at the very least, the first is first determined based on Chokmah. Amar of Kahana, Amrita Lishma'ata Kameh de Rav Zevit. Rav Kahana exclaims and says, You know, I talked about this matter that Shem Ham and Yafet are, are described not by age in that order, but rather by Chokmah. And he, this is my words, he laughed at me. I told this to Rav Zevit, Amar Li Atun Nitu. You from here teach this, which means to say, You spent all that time explaining the Pesukim 500, 600, it should have been 102. The Anan, us, we, we have an explicit pasuk that tells us that Shem was not the oldest. Explicit. You didn't need to do acrobatics mathematically. Ule Shem Yulad Gamhu Avi Kol Bnei Ever Achi Yefet Ha 
Gadol. The Pasuk says explicitly, if it was the oldest of the brothers, Chalas, the Tulamideh. You don't need anything more than that. Well, that'll be in the case. Have we proved yet? We got two minutes to do so, almost. Um, have we proved yet? Just give me a few lines to do it. Have we proved yet that at eight years old, Dorota Rishonim were giving birth? Rather, says the Gemara, Ela Minnalan. Rather, it's instead from a different proof from that of Bitzalel. We won't be able to do it in two minutes. So we'll finish with this tomorrow. Again, what we need to do in concluding this Gemara is just to bring the final proof that at eight years old, Dorot HaRishonim were able to conceive and have children. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.